everybody. This is John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom reviews the classic Mary Tyler Moore episode, Christmas and the Hard Luck Kid. Let's bring Mom in now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. Um, I actually thought of something else I wanted to tell you that we didn't go over in the pre... That's fine. You know, I'll take it as it comes. And I appreciate you and the listeners for doing the same. I know this episode was somewhat delayed, but here we are. Uh, and mom, as you can tell, is bursting at the seams. So mom, how are you? I'm fine. I'm really fine. I'm ready for Christmas. Everything's out the door that's going out the door. And yeah, boy, uh, we got four big boxes, uh, yesterday or the day before. And, um, you know, I love having presents under the tree, and you have supplied that this year. I mean, in spades, I'll say. (laughs) But um, we've got presents stacked up under the tree all week now. It really makes me feel good to look at it. I don't even need to unwrap them. Just having all those boxes there, I I loved it. Thank you so much. And the Chex Mix, the recipe for which we'll get to later. Um, And the I'll tell you what wrecked me, though. And I hope I can even get it out of my mouth. But I took the uh, Cap and Crunch Christmas Crunch out of the box. Oh. And I just fell apart a little bit because I'm so tired of being a grown up right now. And <laughs> it just, it made me feel like a kid to see that dumb box of sugar cereal. And I had to take a moment. Uh, so, of all the things in the world, yeah. Uh, uh, sugar yeah. cereal that they advertise on Saturday morning cartoons, if they have such a thing anymore, is, uh, yeah, I really was moved by that, strangely <laughs> enough. And, you know, it's funny because I saw it and I thought, you know, every year I think I usually try to put some kind of silly cereal in there. And I thought, oh, but, you know, they're eating healthy. And, and you <sighs> know what I said? I, I just don't care. It's Christmas. It, it's the happiest box I've seen, and I'm getting it. And it is a cheerful I, box. It is so cheerful, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. And when I got home and I said, you know what? I should have got one of these for everybody because it's just it's just a thing. I don't know. It just <laughs> it was the weirdest thing to relate to. Um, but I never found it again. Oh, really? Oh, it's like one of those Santa episodes of TV. You you can go back to the store and say, hey, uh, you're going to get any more of that Christmas crunch in? And they'll say, Christmas crunch? That hasn't been on the market since 1979. (laughs) I know. Well, that's how it was with many things, looking for many things this year, that that, um, some things Merrick could find uh, in the next town that I couldn't find in, uh, in the other next town. Yeah. <laughs> and all in all, uh, the shelves are, are rather bare uh, wherever you go for um, treats, for Christmas treats. Yep. W- which is kind of surprising because, and there's no little well, uh, tchotchke type things. And, yeah. and, you know, I realize we are not in the hub of 
civilization. <laughs> Plus, but it's the last week before Christmas, so you'd expect the shelves to be a little picked over regardless. All right, fair enough, but our shelves were never full. Yeah. So, and and you know what else? And this this is really a shock because I was in the supermarket last week and the meat counter was closed because they can't get any help. And it was closed this morning again when I went. Closed, just closed. Wow. It's going to be a clearance on rancid meat after the holidays. <laughs> as long as we get our tenderloin, that's all I care about. Well, you might not at this rate, it sounds like. Oh, I'm getting it. My name's on that list. <laughs> okay, that'll do it. Yeah, that'll that'll take care of it. Oh, it's just been surprising. It's been surprising. So I've done a lot of baking, a lot of knitting, a lot of, um, of course, Chex Mix making, because those are the things that make me feel Christmassy. And that's where I'm finding Christmas this year. Because, you know, that's you find you have to just take it where you get it. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. Um, uh, speaking of getting it, let's get that Chex Mix recipe. This is a tradition now, although I think we always mess it up one way or another, as is the <laughs> way with most of the traditions on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm so, gonna get it right this okay. year. Okay, here, if you can get Chex and butter and Worcestershire sauce and whatever else is in it. Uh, yes, well, you, you know, this... thanks, to, thanks to the Kellogg's people, it's very difficult to get Czech cereals right now because Kellogg's is on strike. And so now everybody's saying, oh, oh, rice checks, corn checks. Oh, I haven't yeah, had those in a while. That's right. They're trying them again. And they don't know what to do with them. They're like, they oh, don't. they're like little babies with those boxes. Oh, let me pour it in a bowl with some milk. You idiots. It's <laughs> not how it works. Mom, tell them how to do it. All right. I double this recipe. <laughs> okay. And actually, okay. I have uh, actually modified it. Oh. Um, uh, and that's the recipe I've always used. But, you know, I'm not going to cut off a stick of butter to save, you know, I just use the whole stick. Oh, so. there, what is the original recipe like? <laughs> yeah, I hate it when it's like 80% of a stick of butter. It's like, right. come on, if you're going to put that right. much butter in, just go for it. Are you it. kidding yeah. me? So this is how I do it. <laughs> Good. I put in a saucepan, I put a stick of butter, two tablespoons of Worcestershire sauce, one and a half teaspoons of seasoned salt. What is that? Uh, it's just called Laurie's, L-A-W-R-Y apostrophe S, seasoned salt. Okay. I think it's just salt that has chalk in it. Um, <laughs> three quarters teaspoon garlic powder. Oh, half yeah. teaspoon onion powder. Oh. And just melt that all together. Two of the finest powders. They are the best powders. And let me tell you, if you ever want to drive people away, this these are the powders to go to. Your breath will be horrible. Okay. <laughs> then in a, I use a cast uh, iron roasting pan uh, because, again, I double this. But, you know, you need a, you need a big enough tray. Maybe a cookie tray would be good. I don't know. Horse trough. You'll have to 
<laughs> that would be a great Christmas present now that I say that. A horse trough of Chex Mix. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. All right. And then while that melts all together, you put together three cups of corn Chex, three cups of rice Chex, three cups of wheat Chex, mm-hmm. one cup of I break them up pretzels, and one cup of I prefer red skin. Oh, peanuts. yeah. Agreed. Um, and you, Spanish peanuts is what you're talking about, right? Well, they're, they're specifically called red skin peanuts because they definitely have that skin on them. Yeah, that's what you're looking for. But sometimes they, it'll say Spanish peanuts on the uh, oh, can as okay. well. And that's the same really? thing in my experience, right? I don't know. I bet you can't find them because because I don't bet they call them that anymore. Oh, yeah? Let me look it up. I would All be right. surprised. You'd think they would back away from the red skin part of it since uh, oh, I didn't even that has its own right. <laughs> I mean, Spanish peanuts, I'm sure, is bad in its own way because I doubt they're Spanish in any way. Uh, yeah, planters, red skin, Spanish peanuts is what oh, you're looking for. Oh, they have for. both. They have oh. both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those planters people, no wonder Mr. Peanut died. Um <laughs> Okay, so then you... But if you can't get those, regular peanuts will do, right? Yes, regular. Yes, that's right. The only kind you can't use are those marshmallow peanuts. So, um, okay. So now you have all the dry things in in the pan, and now you drizzle the butter mixture over top and zhuzh it all together. And you put it in the oven at 325 for 15 minutes and take it out and give it a stir. Bring the bottom stuff up. Make sure you bring all the melted butter and Worcestershire sauce and all that stuff up to the top and put it back in the oven. And you do that for a total of an hour, 15 minutes And now this part, this is the part I think is crucial. You take a a very clean brown paper grocery bag and open it up and put it on a surface like your table or the counter. And when the hour is up, take your Chex Mix out and spread it out on the paper bag until it's cool. And that's it. Then put it in a container and then eat it. Or send it to your loved ones. Yep, I've got a jar of it at home. Not really a jar. It's more of a barrel of Chex Mix. uh, (laughs) Half empty now, but... Oh, no! Oh, yeah, I'm tearing right through that. Yeah, I don't share it with the kids either. Oh, Johnny. They know that's all for Daddy. It, It does more for me than it does for them. That's all. It's just every bite is filled with happy memories so it's mine isn't that funny does anna like it i don't know <laughs> what else did you take out of the boxes <laughs> that that of the cap and crunch is it oh um yeah i think the first time we did that you forgot to say the butter so I just pictured people at home following along, like Chef Donald. You know that Donald Duck short where he puts rubber cement in the mix instead of 
whatever yes! he was yes! baking powder or whatever he was supposed to put in there. Yeah. Chef Donald on Disney Plus, by the way, is uh, very funny stuff. Uh, all those old Donald shorts are. But that's my favorite. And I just think of that, that we left out butter the first time. Oh, that dry. Oh, uh, yum, oh, yum, yum. Terrible Chex Mix those poor people must have had to eat. Terrible. Now, the new recipe has you do it in the microwave. But I'm telling you, that oh, is not Lord. the way to go. No, obviously not. And it's always better the next day. That I have to say that. That's too. true. Yeah, can't. I wonder why that is, but I don't know. But it is true. Uh, you got anything else before we get on to our review, Mom? Well, I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. How do you keep up with things that are not acceptable to say anymore? <laughs> This is a classic pop mom question. Do you? I mean, uh, I'm finding more and more things that I say are not appropriate. And I do say a lot of things that are not appropriate. Uh, and I have no malice yeah. or intention. But I'm finding that more and more things are, are confusing to me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, yeah. It it is very confusing um, <laughs> for everyone. Um, for everyone who's not plugged in, I think that your intentions come through in most situations. I think that there is a hysterical. Um, emotional state that prevails on social media and therefore largely in the media because all the reporters and media people are on Twitter and everything um, working each other up. I feel like in your day-to-day life, you're a kind person. You're not hateful. You're not ignorant. You know, um, you're just maybe not plugged into the latest zeitgeist and it moves so fast, who can be plugged into 100% of it? So I think you have to go through your life um, understanding that most people understand intent and I honestly think people who, there are people who make a point of not understanding intent and what can you do? You can't control those people. You do your no, best. No, that's true. You do that's your best, true. and when you hear, oh, we say this now, you know, you do your best to keep up with it. The problem is that there's a lot of, there's a lot of it, and not all of it is to be taken seriously. You know, the neologisms you hear, or the, you know, oh, you can't say this anymore. Sometimes that's nonsense, <laughs> and there's actually nothing behind it. That's happened to me a number of times. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, and I'll say this particularly now because um, a lot of the stuff that's going on, it's Christmas. It's a holiday that we celebrate. Um, and I'm feeling like, ooh, don't say Merry Christmas to anyone. You know, you just, you just, you, you know, they might not appreciate that. And I think that's a little bit sad. But I'd rather not say it than upset someone. I don't think you're going to upset anyone by saying Merry Christmas. I really don't. 
Well, it's tough, you know. It's tough. It sure is. Yeah. I am constantly monitoring myself, and I'm tired of it. Yeah. Well, it's okay to stop on this front. I really do. I really do think. All right. I think you can say Merry Christmas to people. Okay. Now watch, I won't leave the house again until after Christmas. (laughs) That's that's right. (laughs) I've never seen, and I've never seen anybody um, react badly to Merry Christmas, and I'll say it to people. You know, when I'm out shopping, if I'm doing my Christmas shopping, and it's December 20th, as it is as we record this, I'd say Merry Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Even in, you know, lefty Andersonville, a neighborhood near here that is very, um, that is just very up on the latest everything you're talking about, right? Well, Um, can I interject here? Yeah. Any place that's cool enough to have a pencil store really, really (laughs) is up on the latest. Yeah, yeah. But they're also really friendly Midwesterners, and they... um, React accordingly when I say Merry Christmas. It's a season yeah. of kindness, and I really do think most people are in that spirit, even though we're all worn down. And, I mean, I'm having a super hard time this Christmas just because I can't believe it's another pandemic Christmas, and I miss being home, and um, we're all worn raw by this, and maybe even a little more open to <laughs> kindness than we usually be. Usually would yeah. be, I don't know, but um, I think if you're if you're rejecting that sort of human warmth uh, at this time of year in this historical moment, then um, there's nothing you can do for that person there's nothing you can say um that's my opinion all right well i think, I think okay. that's yeah yeah well somebody said it to me today and it was a little startling so i think that's why it's on my mind it was like oh that's pretty nice that's you know but my reaction was wow somebody said merry christmas i love that i love as opposed to just saying, yes, Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Too. I think the latter is the proper reaction. You're too online to use a phrase. I think you, I mean, I get it. I understand it totally. But yeah, it's, in my experience, um, you can get so wound up in the Twitter sphere or in the yeah. face, constant Facebook culture wars that you think that's the world. But in my experience, um, There's actual people out there living actual lives just like you, and we're not all so hair trigger and angry at each other if we would just if we would just sign off of Facebook or Twitter for a little while. Um, Yeah, yeah. So, but let me say this also: as I get older, you know, my fear is becoming irrelevant, which uh, you know, is a is a it's coming. It might be here, and I'm not willing to admit it yet. But you know, I I am not looking forward to that. Irrelevant to who, though? Like I, um, you know, a few years ago, Mom, I was the editor of the AV Club, right? And yeah, um, and then I had my TV show, AV Club TV show, and for a little while, I was like. It's just very matter of factly, like, okay, we're going to put together the next thing, and we're going to get back to that. 
um, you know, get back to web video or TV show or whatever. And I was building back to that. But um, I don't want to be a part of that landscape anymore. Like these mm. these uh, hyperactive online publications that are plugged into all these um all these social media frenzies and neuroses and algorithms um, kind of shackled to them to a degree. It's really not a world that interests me at all. And um, we were working toward a TV show, my producers and I, and we had a good concept in the works and we were getting the meetings lined up. And I just said, I don't, I don't want to. And I guess I'm irrelevant to the to most of the like pop, online pop culture commentary scene, but I don't want to be a part of it. Like <laughs> I'm fine with being irrelevant to it, you know. Um, so when you say irrelevant, irrelevant to what? Irrelevant to the endless arguments on online. Um, irrelevant to what you and I have this podcast. We've got a ton of listeners. We have a warm audience who forgives us our foibles and enjoys our, uh, our nutty fun. Um, what I'm so happy to be relevant to them and happy to be irrelevant to some of the other things. Well, I like that attitude. I think I can, uh, embrace that. Okay. That works for me. I, you know, that I didn't does. mean to, that, I didn't mean to just put a little bow on it for you. That's just my point of view. Well, I like that. I now I can just not think about that anymore. Well, good luck. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you very much. I need that. All right, uh, should we go on to our review here, Mom? Yes. Okay. This week, Mom and I are talking about the classic Mary Tyler Moore episode, Christmas and the Hard Luck Kid. You may see this listed as Christmas and the Hard Luck Kid 2 in some places. That's also, I'm not even going to get into it. It's Mary Tyler Moore, (laughs) Christmas and the Hard Luck Kid, first season. It's on Hulu. You'll find it. Okay, here we go. The Mary Tyler Moore Show premiered in September 1970 and ran for seven seasons on CBS. And in that time, the show established itself as an influential, era-defining work of American television. The show centers on Mary Richards, a local news producer in Minneapolis, and the circle of friends she establishes in that little TV newsroom. For this podcast, like I mentioned, Mom and I revisited the first season episode, Christmas and the Hard Luck Kid, in which Mary finds herself holding down the fort, alone, in the newsroom on Christmas Eve, Selected this one because, you know, I think a lot of us might be feeling a little lonesome this Christmas in one way or another. Here's a clip. Thank you, Mr. Grant. Uh, Mary, it's none of my business why you're working for Fred on Christmas Eve. Yes, it is, Mr. Grant. You're head of the newsroom. No, I don't want it to be my business. Because if it is, then I have to feel responsible for you being here all along. Oh, Mr. Grant, thank you. But I'm not going to be alone. The cleaning crew will be coming around. No, they won't. They don't work on Christmas Eve. Well, uh, then there's the night watchman. Uh Uh-uh, there's only one man on duty tonight, and he has to stay downstairs in the lobby. Well, it's uh, comforting, then, to know that there'll be somebody only 12 floors away. (laughs) Look, I got some paperwork I can do. I'll stay. 
You go on. No, no, Mr. Grant. You know, it would make it a lot easier on me if everyone would just stop feeling sorry for me and go home and have a Merry Christmas. Okay, okay. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Take care of yourself. Well, you too. Mary Tyler Moore is available on Hello. <laughs> Mom, wow, we haven't heard that for a no, long time. No, we haven't done a Hulu one for a while, but yeah, every season of this is available on Hulu. Mom, <laughs> that's Mary. Are you left quite contrary? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes, I loved the show when it was on, but I. I don't know that it's traveled well through the universe. Tell me. It's, uh, everybody has a certain character, you know, Lou Grant, the, uh, the, uh, uh, boss, Mary, Mary Tyler Moore's boss and the writer of the news program, Murray, Murray. Yep. um, Ted, I forget what his Ted Baxter is his name on the show. Ted Baxter, right. Yeah. You know, he's the newsman and, you know, very egotistical. They're they're sort of very stereotypical. Yeah. But they, they were well defined. And uh, I I think the writing was very good for that time period. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> wow. I really enjoyed this. And I have to fill in oh. some backstory. Um, we first watched an episode from the fifth season. <laughs> Because it was recommended to me by a friend of mine, a friend of mine who um, who is a pop culture editor, like a former colleague of mine. I'm not going to give his name, even though I think he's great, just because we didn't enjoy this episode. But I asked him for a recommendation of like Bob Newhart, Mary Tyler Moore, that era, sort of the MTM sitcom yes. world, yeah. right, of a Christmas episode we could watch. And he recommended this fifth season episode where... Um, they spend the whole episode fighting over this one line from uh, that Murray wrote in a new script, and it was—I found it dreadful. Um, you hated oh, that one, right? Hated it. Brutal, brutal. So I had that as sort of a prelude to this one. I know, so did you. Um, but yeah. then to watch this Christmas and the Hard Luck Kid, <laughs> this was much better. Which was much better, and to me was a perfect little twenty-four minutes of nineteen uh, seventies TV. Just a little play um, about Mary you know, spending the Christmas Eve alone, and then at the end, oh, her friends come. You know, it's a simple story. Yes. But um, uh, feeling lonely, even though I have my family, but missing the rest of my family. Um, right, and, right. And having that big surprise at the end, a surprise that, you know, can't really happen right now in real life. Uh, I was pretty warmed by the whole thing. I thought it was perfectly executed. So I really liked this episode. Well, I really didn't. <laughs> just too just... simple for you? I think it was too simple. I was yeah. because and and here's the problem. The problem is in my memory, I couldn't wait to see this show every week. I couldn't yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah. And uh you know, time does that. Time it's true. does that to your cuz it was just sort of like, okay, okay. Now I now let me say there are other episodes of this show that are very memorable to me. One in which Mary throws a surprise party, I think, for Mr. Grant. And 
he wants no parts of it and everybody's out in the hall and she cajoles one person in at a time to appease him. And I, you know, that was very, uh, that one's very vivid in my mind. Um, well, it'll be interesting I, to watch that one again and see if that one holds up. Yes. Yes. That you're right. And of course, that, Chuckles the Clown. Oh right? my God. Chuckles the Clown. That, that, yes. Those are the two that we should watch again. <laughs> okay. But, okay. but let me say this. I love a Christmas show. I, I would watch anything. I love them. And I have them. I, I TiVo'd all of them that, that were on Saturday night, I think, on MeTV, yeah. MASH, and um, what was one I watched this morning? I can't even remember. But I just love a Christmas one. They're all the same. You know, either you can't find a Christmas gift or you've lost a Christmas gift or you need money for a Christmas gift or you're going to spend it alone or some such thing. Um, but I just I just love them. But not this one. You hate this one. I didn't hate this one. I just didn't love it. OK, so some highlights of this one for me. Lou Grant. Um, writing the check in front of Mary accidentally gives her a blank check and then takes it back and makes it out right in front of her. <laughs> While hemming and hawing about yeah. how much to put on That's it. That's about 60 seconds of just pure uh, facial expressions from Ed Asner, um, the recently passed Ed Asner, one reason yeah. I uh, picked this. Um, but it's just him working the camera. Uh, with these furtive glances at Mary and sizing her up and how much he wants to give her and his little yeah. bonus card. That I thought was a great scene. Um, I find Rhoda totally charming and understand yes. uh, even more than ever now uh, why Valerie Harper was so successful on television. Uh, her energy comes right across the screen. Um, she's so great with Mary. Um, even over the phone... At the very end, when her friends are coming up at the elevator to surprise her, she gets scared. She doesn't realize it's them and yeah. calls Rhoda. Yeah. And we don't even hear Rhoda, but just having seen her early in the episode and imagining her, and you hear, obviously, Mary's reactions to her in this conversation, that was funny to me. Um, so I see why they gave her her own show uh, and all that, um, because she's so much fun. Ted Knight as Ted Baxter, I just still find hilarious. <laughs> I can't believe he I, managed to, to do seven seasons of TV, always talking like this. <laughs> <laughs> that character is so ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Ted Knight knew how to own it. Um, yes. And when you, and just when you were really getting tired of that shtick, they brought, they, they married him off to yeah. Georgette. Georgette. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was just, that was a perfect uh casting for the two of them to be put together he's so thoughtless and and just so full of himself he hardly has time to think about anybody else and she's just the sweetest little bird-like thing you could ever want to meet yeah and daffy um and uh she was georgette was played by georgia angle 
Um, and that was also around the time they brought Betty White in, right? As the um, as is that the right? Cooking show host or whatever she was. Um, Sue Ann Niven. Sue Ann Niven. Yeah, yeah. Like they fleshed out that cast well over the years. I think they did. Yes, they did. They did, and sadly, Betty's the only one left. I think. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, she's about to turn ninety six or ninety eight or something like that. Try one hundred. A hundred? She's about to turn a hundred? Yeah. Yeah. Turns one hundred January seventeenth. Good lord. Oh, and Pretty she's cool. uh, according to uh the internet search here, uh she is to celebrate her one hundredth birthday with a star studded event. I hope so. Really? Yep. I hope it's not a surprise star studded event. <laughs> Well, you know, this. let me just say this, and and don't think ill of me, okay? But, you know, when they did the big Price is Right um, anniversary and that Bob Barker couldn't come, and I thought, oh. I'm sorry, this what is your sister. Uh, let me tell her I'll call okay. her back. Hey, I'm recording. Can I call you back? Well, go ahead. Unbelievable. Taking a call. <laughs> uh, you can open it because there's wrapped stuff, but the checks mixes in there and such. So, okay. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, I didn't really know how to handle that because the phone was going to keep ringing. And I'm so sorry. That's okay. I'm so sorry. That's okay. All right. But so Drew Carey said, you know, Bob Barker can't be with us. And, um, I thought, you know, I'm sort of glad because I do hate, and I know this this is life, but you know, I really don't like to see them when they when the stars turn into the melted candle look. I'd rather remember them at their peak, not at their peak, but at their thinnest, yeah, you yeah, know, when of they, course, yeah, um, yeah, I sympathize with that. I think maybe what shifted me on that. Um, was Dick Clark and um, him doing the New Year's Eve those last few years after he had the stroke, right? Yeah. And he yeah. really struggled to speak clearly. And um, yet I always felt uh, over those last few years, I thought it was weird at first, and then I thought maybe it's not such a bad way to um, open the new year by enjoying what this guy has left to give, you know, which was his everything on those New Year's Eves when mm. he did that little 60-second mm. um, last bit, right? Um, and other stuff throughout the evening, but not much. They didn't put um, put too much on his shoulders. Uh, yeah. But it felt to me actually an optimistic way to ring in the new year. And what is, is it really such a burden on us to witness this disability and witness as you say life um especially this time of year i i think it's okay but at the same time yeah i don't want to see um bob struggle to host any number or whatever they might have him do like yeah. it is sad and um I th to me the consolation is that they do live on and ed asner to me was just as funny 
given those looks to Mary as he would have been the first time it aired or when they taped that? Like in that moment, he was just as alive to me as he was Mm. any number of years ago, right? So, and this is maybe something that comes out of reading like uh, French philosophers in college and what what it means to live or die in the media world, but I am Mm. influenced by this idea that they're actually still alive, um, in a meaningful way um, through these works we know them from. Yeah. Betty White, by the way, uh, just last thing, Mom, Betty White was the only funny thing about that first, about that fifth season Christmas (laughs) episode we watched. And her delivery of some lines that turned on a hairpin um, and she just nailed it and got a big laugh from the crowd. She was the only funny thing about that crummy episode. Such a talent. Really, really a, a great talent. I mean, even as she was seating people, you know, oh, Lou, you sit here. And, you know, Murray didn't want to sit next to Ted and, you know, the whole thing. And she just rolled with it. She just rolled with it like butter wouldn't melt in her mouth. She was she was uh, pretty incredible. She was pretty incredible. (sighs) All right. We've covered a lot of ground uh, on the podcast today. Well, we're not done yet because... My recommendation this week. Well, hold on, no. hold on. Oh. I was just, I was wrapping up the. I wasn't wrapping up oh. the whole podcast. I was just wrapping up the review, um, uh, okay. and now I don't know what I was going to say. So, mom, what is your grade for this episode of Mary Tyler Moore? Well, you know, for this individual, but it's like taking a, it's like taking a quiz in math class, and you know, this particular episode, I would give a C to. But I still think it's fair to go back and look at some more yeah. uh, memorable episodes. So I don't, I really don't want to give it a C. And I'm just, so I'm just going to give it a B plus because. <laughs> you know, there's no official record of the grades. I know, so. I know. But I, I, that's, I feel like that's fair. Okay, okay. Even though, well, we will go back and look at a couple other episodes. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I think uh, we should. Mom, I think I know the answer to this question, but do you have a recommendation this week? I do. Oddly enough, I do. And it is called, it's a book. It's called Tales from the Cafe by, I'm going to let you say this name. Uh, Toshikazu Kawaguchi. This is a book. Now, hold on to your hat. This is a book about time travel. Oh, I'm holding on to my hat. Wow. Okay. I didn't see that coming. There's this little cafe in Tokyo where you can go and uh, get a cup of coffee and you can travel back in time or forward in time for as long as it takes for your coffee to cool. It does not change the outcome of anything in the present, but you can go back and speak to someone or see someone or go forward and ask questions or whatever. But you have to be aware of your coffee, and if it cools completely, you will turn into a ghost. Oh. 
And I resisted this book at the library many times because it has the word time travel in it, which I just am terrified at the idea of it. But for as long as a coffee cup stays hot, I thought that was I could do that. Okay. Because what could what could you do? Well, it happens that it's actually <clears throat> it's actually rather profound what happens for the four people that are talked about in this hmm. book. And one of the things that I came away with that it talks about is uh, happiness after someone that you love very much passes and the idea that to stay sad and, um, you know, unproductive, etc., does not celebrate their life and that that is not what people who pass on want from us. Uh, which is really a big thought mm. um, because we take on people's passing, I think, as what it means to us as opposed to carrying on the legacy of that person. Yeah. And that was not the only thing I came away from. So I, I would really recommend this book to someone looking for a thoughtful, quiet book. I'm sorry. Don't apologize at all. Some of the thoughts that, that came from it were just so simple and huge. So mm, I can tell. <clears throat> but I will tell you that it has a lot of K names, names that start with K. So <laughs> I, it was also difficult to keep everybody straight. I'm going to read it again because it got confusing, but I, I got the, the meat of the story and I, I just thought it was beautiful. I had uh, a friend, I talked about her on the podcast yeah. uh, earlier yeah. this year. Her name was uh, Sam Berkman. And after the uh, TV, she was writer on the TV show. And after the TV show ended, um, I was a lost soul to some extent. Um, and I decided to um, do some stand-up again. That's sort of where my, you know, my writing slash stage screen career, such as it is, began. So <clears throat> I sort of went back to that. And... Um, sort of labored on just five minutes, you know, it just started with five minutes uh, and labored on this for a few weeks. And then she gave me a slot in one of her um, shows and I, she was very encouraging and she just said, you got to do it. You got to do it. Um, so I did and it went very well. You know, I'm not trying to brag. It's just, it, it was a good yeah. night. Um, and um, it made me feel again, like I knew what I was doing and that, um, and she died earlier this year, uh, of cancer. And I had a, um, 
piano recital later that week um, that I didn't really want to do because right. I was really thrown by this death and still find it hard to talk about, as you can tell. Um, but I did I did the recital. I have to say it didn't go very well. Um, it was different from the stand-up night. I got lost in the middle. My mind just wasn't completely there. Um, I did it because that's not maybe exactly because that's what she would have wanted me to do, although I'm sure it would be, but more so that that's what, that's a big part of her role in, in my story. And I do miss her so much. And I miss in particular that spirit that she gave me, not just after the TV show, but in the middle of the TV show when she came on board. Um, And so when I'm on the fence, uh, as I often am about music performances or otherwise, she can be a person who, who says, hey, go for it. Right. For lack of a better right. better words, you know, because that was she was go for it, and she was always putting herself out there and um, relentlessly creative, even when she was um, suffering and sick. Mm. Um, people live on. That seems to be a theme of this episode of the podcast. <laughs> but the different ways in which people can live on. Um, that's what your uh, summation of the book makes me makes me think of. Um, yes. Like yes. Happy maybe is another word for it. I'm sure Sam would want me to be happy. She always did. Yes. Um, but it's this particular way in which she wanted me and all of her friends really in comedy and in the creative sphere to succeed. Um, that's how she lives on and she uh, she wouldn't want me to just sit around moping moping and being sad forever that's right right that's right because that's your duty to her from what yep. she gave you that's your duty to her to maybe give someone else a laugh um you know as you do with the football column um you have no idea how people are you know, maybe people just need a break. Maybe people have a little giggle and football is is how you give it to them. Um, you know, and, I, and, I just have to say, I'm sorry to interrupt. I wrote the uh, I wrote the column last week and I didn't really the end of the year has really hit me hard and I just didn't have the time or energy to pour it into the column as I usually do. But I said, I told people I'll do some stocking stuffers and just sort of cleaned out my notebook of little clips. You know, I make clips constantly of the football that I'm watching a little clips and little funny things I've seen all throughout the season. Right. And you know, this is with COVID bearing down on everybody, including the league. And there was a lot to talk about in terms of, um, covid delays and i put i just decided i'm not going to talk about that everybody knows what the score is on that they don't need me to get into that and i send the you know but the the column also has predictions about the games coming up you know well i send the column out and not two hours later like the nfl rearranges the whole weekend schedule that i've just written about um uh because of covid and at first i was like god damn it (laughs) 
<laughs> I just waited a moment. But then, you know, I was like, it's still true. Like, people didn't, A, people understood, of course, what right. happened. And B, like, they didn't need me wringing my hands and saying, oh, what's going to happen with this Omicron? Because I don't know better than anybody else. Yeah. So, yeah, that lesson played out. I feel like I'm talking too much, but that lesson played no. out for me quite recently. No. And I'm going to tell you that, that the people in our family that have passed that we think of at this time of the year, they are all people that love to laugh. And yep, we need to just continue that and laugh as much as we can and be happy and satisfied. And that is really a great way to live your life. Look for the happiness, look for the kindness, and and offer those things to people. And I think you've you've got it. Now, shall we both blow our nose and end this? We got to end this podcast, or else I'm going to have to be institutionalized. Uh, <laughs> we sure have run the gamut. Uh, that will, at long last, do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Uh, Mom and I will be back. Uh, well, I'm not sure with the holidays. We'll try to squeeze one in between Christmas and New Year's, but we will be back soon. This does not end the season. No, no. We will be back soon to talk about more pop culture. Although, you know, I haven't the foggiest idea what we'll talk about, Mom. After all this, do you have any ideas? I do. I do. We're going to talk about something interesting. Oh, you're always there for me. Thank you all for listening uh, this week and this whole year. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends and family over the holidays. We sure do appreciate it. We love to get email. Just let us know what you're up to. Uh, It's popmom at ological.net. Talk to us about anything. We love you. We really mean it. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again soon. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. I love you, too. So long!